Hello. Oh, hello. Hello, James. Hello, Alistair. I nearly said hello, Alistair, because I'm left and on the on the right. And I said hello, Alistair, and hello, James. But um, that's wrong. That is wrong. I remain James. Good for you, actually, James. In these crazy, topsy-turvy times, good for you. And um, hello to the law folk, of course. Hello, hello there, in law the folk. Chat. We can see some people jumping into the chat, hopping about. So it's been a while since we've done a live stream, and I have forgotten how they work. So if this is working at all, I mean, a big pat on the back for you and me there, James. Well, mostly you. To be honest, I've done the same as ever, which is run a cable through a cat flap. <laughs> <laughs> is that part of the live stream or is it just for look? It's now unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> and wherefore have you been recently, James Shakeshaft? Why have I been recently? Whither, whither come ye, James Shakeshaft? Yes, I have been around the world, actually. I went to Japan. Ooh. Very nice. Mm. Because of certain geopolitical situations, the route is slightly altered from what it normally is. And so on the way there, we went sort of down to, imagining a, a globe, we went over the stands. So we kind of came across Europe, down a bit, and across those sort of mountainous bits, and then just popping off to Japan. And then on the way back, we came out of Japan, turned right... Sorry, we came out of Japan and turned right is, I think, you're going to have to hand in your dad card because that is the worst direction anyone has ever given me. To come out of Japan and turn right. Came out of Japan, turned right, yeah. went over Alaska, into the Arctic Circle, down what? over Iceland, yeah. your Greenlands, your Scotlands, mm-hmm. and then, and then wow. we're back in London. So I went, I've circumnavigated the globe. Wow. Screw you, Willy Fog. Phileas Fog. Took me like two days. <laughs> Phileas Fog, sorry. I'm, took me two days and I had a two week holiday in yeah, the middle. Okay, but to be fair, he was a talking lion. So we're all dealing with different challenges, aren't we, James? <laughs> yes, yes. With his little friend, the cat, who had a little friend, the mouse. Mm-hmm. We never found out if the mouse had a little friend, did we? Did it stop there? Yeah, because it's past part two, the sidekick. And then did they, I, they gave him a, yeah, a little, an even funnier sidekick. Yeah. His sidekick had a sidekick, and the side did the sidekick. Did he have a little shrew? Where does it end? A flea? Mm, all the way down to just bacteria. You can't have a bacterial sidekick. What, they're not. What a they are kids show. They're not going to be doing backflips hilariously. Nah. That was, uh, of course, a reference to Willy Fog, a cartoon. Which, days around the world to find, to find a, a pot of gold. of gold. It was around the time of your mysterious cities of golds. And Ulysses. Ulysses, which was clearly in French. Where? As listeners to this podcast know well. Tomorrow, I'm going to uh, shock here, Alistair. All right. That A Mysterious Cities of Gold did not like them. What? Yeah. He didn't like Mysterious Cities of Gold? No. James, he has an amulet that has the power of the sun. What is a, a, a condor? I know they had the condor, but you're not going to see the condor every episode. Well, it's very expensive to animate the condor, so you could only really... Many episodes, you didn't see the condor. James, we've we've segued into our parallel podcast, men remembering things so yes. early on. We haven't men even membering. touched upon it. Men membrances. Yes. Men membrances, um, quickly register that, Earl. Men membrances. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. But I must 
Oh, that's the sound of a pot, uh, Earl being registered. I must yeah. drag you. I must drag you. Yeah, people are mentioning D'Artagnan. That's a dog tanyan. Sorry, that's what I was going to say. That was Spanish. Spanish Japanese. Really? Um, he I looked like so. he didn't have any trousers on. I'm, I'm not sure I trusted that. Have you ever seen a Spanish dog wearing trousers, James? Good point. Have you ever seen me trust a Spanish dog? <laughs> that is true. You got me there. You got me there. So while you were in, while you were in Japan, I did a little bit of research. Did a little bit of field reporting. I found out a, some folk tales from an area I went to called Kumamoto, which oh, is very nice. An area of Kyushu, which is the sort of the big island that's got your Fukuoka's, your Nagasaki's. Yeah. Your Mount Assos, which is a big, active volcano. Oh, I see. Yeah. A practicing volcano. And it is, it is an angry mountain. Mm. It's, it's, they're like a mountain with an Asbo, volcanoes. They're causing trouble. And, oh, and people have to keep an eye on them. Asbos don't still exist, do they? No, Asbos haven't been around for a while. But oh, volcanoes, no. very much still a present threat. Not, not so much in England. I don't think there are any English volcanoes, are there? Edinburgh used to be a volcano. Of course, Edinburgh is in Scotland. Whoa, yeah, good. that was a good save. But it, it used to be, used to be a volcano. Ben Nevers. Ben, ben Nevers. Did that used to be a volcano? I don't know. I mean, this is now, we've segued from men talking about <laughs> cartoons to men guessing about volcanoes. Yes, men's speculations. <laughs> men's speculations, volcano edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, colon. That's the one. Vol- volcano. We've guessed about volcanoes yep. and we've talked about cartoons. Well, let's bring it back down to earth with some folklore from Japan. This is a story about Hikoichi, who is a figure from Japanese folklore. According to this lovely book, Folk Legends of Kumamoto uh, by Takumi Tsukamoto, there may have even been a real Hikoichi. Uh, about 200 years ago, they found a grave of a guy called Hikoichi. Yeah, so this gravestone has an inscription stating the grave of Hikoichi, popular hero, is in Yatsushiro City, uh, which is in Kumamoto. Uh, actually, I haven't fact-checked that. It is on Kyushu. It is in Japan. It is. It is in Japan. It is. It, it is, is a thing. It's in Japan. Fingers crossed. So, according to this book, the last day of the year was the day that you had to have paid all your debts. So, in these, in the ye olden times, 200 years ago, uh, in Japan, or at the very least in Kumamoto, the last day was the final day that you had to pay your debts. Hikoichi, he's got some debts. It's New Year's Eve. What we're going to learn about Hikoichi, he likes a bit of drink. He likes a bit of a sake, and he's not saved any money. He's worried. His wife goes to him, are you worried about something? Basically, you're biting your nails. Uh, and he's like, yeah, uh, if I had some money, it would help because the debt collector's coming around and I haven't saved any money. And she pulls out uh, a little kitty with a bunch of coins in it. And he's like, what? Now, now, to be clear, we have had a dog with coins in it in the past on the podcast. When you say That's a little a kitty point. with coins in it, how disgusting is this? Not a, not a living kitten piggy bank. No, this is a small purse. Good. He's like, where, where, where have you got all this money? Where's this money come from? And she says, well, what happened is whenever you sent me out for sake, I would pocket a little bit of the change because I thought it might come in handy one day. And he's like, that is brilliant. That is fantastic. He had enough money. He paid off his debt that New Year's. 
And that New Year's Eve, as he was drifting off to sleep, he thought to himself, So since my wife can save up this much money, in spite of my evening drink, if I stop drinking, Mm -hmm. we're going to have more money. Economics genius. He is. He's the quasi-quartang of his generation. (laughs) He decides, uh, from that point, I'm going to give up drinking. So he doesn't drink all year long. He's still racked up a fair bit of debts because it comes round to New Year's Eve again. Oh, come on. And the debt collector's coming round. And his wife's like, why are you... you, your nails, you're bitting your nails again. You're worrying at the tatami mats. What's going on? And he's like, well, look, the debt collector's coming around, but I've given up sake, so you must have loads more money saved up in your kitty, right? Mm, i got a bad feeling about this, James. You see the floor. She's like, no, because before, as I said, the kitty money came from the change from the sake. If I'm not buying sake, I'm not generating any change. Mm-hmm. I've not got any money. Just basic. Basic sake, kitty, fiscal propriety. Yeah. So he's like, ah, oh, right, okay, I do have a little bit of money. What I want you to do is go to the market and buy a bunch of sailfish guts. She obviously, first of all, she she questions this, which was, why do you need fish intestines so early in the morning? <clears throat> he says, don't ask so many questions, just go and buy them. So she goes off, buys the fish guts, and she comes back, and he's like... Brilliant. Now I can do my plan. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pretend I've committed Harry Kitty. Oh, it's just got extremely... Yes. Yeah, that got Basically, I'm going to pretend I've disemboweled myself. Mm. So when the debt collector comes round, he's not going to be able to get any money off me because I'm going to be all, you know... Disemboweled? Disemboweled. I wasn't expecting bowels to appear so soon in this story. Can, so can I ask he a likes- question about the, about the concept of disemboweling? Because yes. it implies the existence of emboweling, like, which can't have been... Disemboweling seems like the concept of emboweling was established, and disemboweling yeah. is the opposite of it. Yes. But I can't think of how you could reasonably embowel anyone. Unless that would be eating? No. But like would eating awful? To, that would be emboweling, maybe. Yeah. Then you've got tummy in your tummy. That's bowelception you're talking about there. Yeah, th- these are the sort of ideas that we shouldn't be giving away for free. Yeah, that's just, uh, uh, let's just quickly register a few websites yeah. and move on. So he sort of lies half over in the bed, in the bedroom with the, gets all the fish guts. Oh, I've been killed. Underneath his um, kimono. And and then the debt collector comes along, knocks on the door. Is, is Hikoichi home? And she's like, oh, yeah. He's not going anywhere. Look at look at this. Look at this. Get a load of this. Look at this from one angle for not too long. And she's like, he was really worried about his debt. I think he's mm. committed Harakiri to apologise. Someone in the chat is disputing whether it's seppuku. Uh, the book says Harakiri. Take it up with a book. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, and uh, the guy's obviously, oh, God, looks Whoa. sees all the guts hanging out. He goes, oh, God, that's really sad. <laughs> okay, don't worry. Quite an emotionally intelligent debt collector, this guy. Oh, God. Oh, like, God. oh no, this is awful. I'm really sorry. That's, I'm genuinely quite upset. I didn't think he would take it this far. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Mrs. Hikoichi, I'm scrubbing the debt. You don't, you, it's not like it's going to pass on to you. That's fine. Very reasonable. I'll tell you what, I'd like to actually give you some money as, a, as an obituary present so you can. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's like, no, because you're going to. You obviously haven't got any money for the funeral, so you're going to need some money for the funeral. She's like, no, no, I couldn't. I probably shouldn't. At that point, she feels a bit of a nudge in her back. 
and Hikuichi's like, take, take the money. <laughs> <laughs> so she does she does take the money and uh well basically Hikoichi gets gets back into sake in a big way mm. that new year's eve and so the year passed again what the don't tell me that's not new the end of the there's a third scam or possible scamola so well basically they've not got any money so they're like well, well let's have a let's have a decent party on new year's eve let's have a bit let's have a big big old load of rice and she's like well you can't even buy rice and he's well hold on mrs hikuichi i've got an idea and he goes and he cuts down a a big bamboo and he makes what looks like a traditional rice scoop or as he would have called it a current rice scoop (laughs) (laughs) but the very clever thing about this rice scoop is it doesn't have a back of the scoop it's basically just a tube Mm. And he goes to where the rice guys uh, are coming in to the market and they've got their big packs of rice. And he's like, oh, you come here, sell rice. Let me just have a little look at that rice. Let me check it's any good. Scoops up a bit, looks at it, yeah, goes, yeah. oh, yeah, that's good rice. And a little Pops sample. Back in. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's filling his sleeves with it's, rice. He's going into got, his sleeves, I knew it. He's got those, two sleeves fulls of rice. Those lo- I've seen them in drawings, the long sleeves. Full of rice, both of them. A lot of rice. Although it would be so hard to walk. You'd be like a rice Popeye. Mm. Please anyway. register the website Rice Popeye. Rice Popeye. We just need to get the, the license for Popeye and the concept of rice. Yep. Then we're away. So they have a lovely rice party. They're, uh, but, I mean, their standard of party here is low. They still need some money. So he comes up with a very clever idea. Early in the morning on New Year's Eve, as it says here, Hikuichi began to smash roof tiles with all his strength behind his house. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this is going? Seems I've no idea why he's doing that, but completely in character with everything I know about him. <laughs> and he fills some wooden boxes, and he gets his neighbour to write the word Goyokin on it, which means government funds, and he sticks that on the box. Mm-hmm. And he goes out to the rough part of town. Wait, you're telling me this guy doesn't live in the rough part of town? Evidently not. He goes to to Matsubaba, which now, as as it says in this book, this place was rumoured to be haunted by robbers. Sure enough, as he's going down there, a robber comes up to him. With a big box of government funds. Yeah, Hikowich has got his big box marked government funds, and he Mm -hmm. goes into the wrong side of the tracks. Oh, Hikowich, and a, a robber comes up to him and says, "Wait, stop there a minute, mate." And Hikuichi's like, "Brilliant, brilliant." I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> How may I help you, sir? And he says, "Look, these government funds. I've got to get these across town. They've got to go from Kumamoto to Kagoshima." And the robber's like, "Oh, that's a that's a big journey. You seem pretty tired." Hikuichi's like, "I tell you what, I'm knackered, mate. Could really do with a hand." Uh, and the robber's like, well, I'll, why, why don't I carry them for you? This is such a nice guy. Can't believe people said this area was haunted by robbers. Well, you're in luck because I'm, I'm a friendly guy. I'm a friendly robber. I mean guy. <laughs> so he just adjusts his little eye mask. <laughs> yeah. And then helps him. He rolls up the sleeves on his striped jumper. Yeah. And the guy's like, well, don't you trust me? And he's like, you know what? Yeah. Hikuichi says, you know what? That was a bit rude of me. I trust you. If you can... I tell you what, whilst you hold these government funds for me, I'll carry those heavy swords of yours. And he so he grabs them, takes them off in the robber site. <laughs> Brilliant. Take, gets the funds. As soon as he's got his hands on them, he starts running away. And Hikuichi shouts, Oh, you're running really fast. Well done. 
But as he does it, he starts sort of leaning backwards. He's like, oh, that's really good. You're going really fast. And they say, oh, wait a minute, stop, stop. And Hickowich is running backwards. So the robber thinks he's getting away. He's running backwards to give the impression that the other guy is running faster. Even faster than he thought he was. Wow. And then Hickowich ends up with two prize swords, which he takes mm. down the pawn shop, gets a load of cash. It's another classic New Year's party down at Hickowich's. I just wish he would plan ahead a little bit better. Instead of just doing it at the last minute and risking his life every single time. It is the classic grift sort of paradox, isn't it? The amount of energy spent on these grifts yeah. is probably, like, just have a j- real job. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Have an actual job. But, Alistair, that is not the main story I want to tell you about. No? I want to tell you about young Hikuichi. So this is back when he like used flashback. to live with his parents. This is now a flashback. Flashback to young Hikuichi. That's a right. A young Indiana Jones. A young Sheldon. A um Rugrats. Yeah, what was Rugrats' young version of? The, the later version of the Rugrats where they yeah, were Yeah, the later series of Rugrats. Yeah. Mm. But the Rugrats really aged forwards in linear time in the conventional manner. Yeah, that's true. It's like watching uh, any program out of order. Yeah. So this is yes. Yeah, so this is sort of Muppet Babies of Hikuichi. Yes, people in the chat. I also hate Young Sheldon. Don't worry. Carry on. I hate all the Sheldons, <laughs> no matter what the age. To be honest, not a fan of any of them. Mm. This is Young Hikuichi. He's like Indiana Jones. The bit where you see him uh, get scared by snakes. Mm-hmm. This guy's still like sake. <laughs> it's not really the same. <laughs> Okay, this isn't. We're not going to find the origin story of why I like sake. No, he just did, um, and but he's a kid, and he doesn't work hard. He's not a kid. He's not a kid. He's old enough to drink. Uh, he's young. He doesn't work hard, and he's got no money, but he still wants to enjoy some sweet, sweet sake. Mm-hmm. This is a predicament I think many young men have found themselves in. Well, he has a solution for this that I don't think many young men have thought of. He remembers that on a mountain near him lives a Tengu, Mm -hmm. which is a goblin demon with a red face, a long nose, Mm. big black wings. Right. There was a rumour that this Tengu had a Kakure Mino, which is an invisible straw raincoat. And it's kind of like a cloak of invisibility. So what he realised was that if you've got this Kakure Mino, it makes the wearer invisible. Mm-hmm. And if he could wear that when he was down the pub, no one would see him. Yeah. Not sure. How does that help? How well, does that help the situation? First of all, he's got to get the invisible right, yeah, we'll just get the invisible cloak first, and then we'll deal with how that could be useful at all. Yes. Right. And he's like, oh, what's a good way to trick him? I've got it. He goes up to a piece of bamboo. He cuts the bamboo up again. He's he's always he's he's using this the things around. Yeah, he's him. like a protagonist in a point and click adventure game. By which I mean really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> Unless you click on some bamboo. It's like, yes, that, that works for everything. Yeah. You use knife with bamboo. I don't know how to use. All right, cut knife with bamboo. Oh yeah, I'll do it now. That's the same <laughs> thing. That's the same thing. So he gets a he gets a, a length of bamboo and he goes off up the mountain. He got up there and he heard a voice 
hitting a tree with a wooden sword and shouting, Yoo-hoo, Yoo-hoo. But he couldn't see anyone. And he realised this is probably that demon. Evidence of the invisible um, Harker, yeah. Yes. He pretended to be unaware of its presence. And he stood on the rock and he held the bamboo tube up to his eye. And he said, wow. In the voice of Christopher Walken. Wow. 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 This telescope is magic. (laughs) I can see things. I can see the Lord having lunch in his castle. And there's some soup and some yams. Soup. Is he scouse? Very scouse Christopher Walken here. It's got some soup and some yams. (laughs) Uh, so he's basically saying he's got a magic telescope. He's pretending it's a magic telescope. We, we know. We yes. know it's just a bamboo tube. That's just... an example of dramatic irony. Yeah. And Is then it... he he hears a voice say, hey, can you really see things in faraway places? And he said, yes, I can I can see the hunting sharks over <laughs> in Amakusa. Wow. Gigantic shark struggling to escape. <laughs> the Tengu's like, wow, let me let me have a go on it. And he's like, whoa, who's there? I can't see anyone here. I literally don't know if anyone's here. Yes. How am I supposed to know? And the Tengu says, it's me. Since I'm, I'm wearing my magical... Um, I've, I've got this magical uh, invisibility. I'm a Tengu. You've probably heard about my jacket. Yeah, I'm wearing it. I'm in it, actually. Yeah, um, quite, quite a famous jacket, actually. Can I have a borrow on your... On your magic telescope, please. And Hikoichi, uh, he says, however many times you may ask, I cannot lend it to someone who's invisible. Obviously. And so the Tengu takes off his coat and he pops into visual existence. He says, now, let me have a go. He says, oh, you are that Tengu. But this um, this telescope, this magical special telescope is my treasure. I, look, I don't mind lending it to you, but... If I give it to you and you pop your magical invisibility generating raincoat back on, mm-hmm. you, you're just going to disappear with my magic telescope. I'll be really yeah. upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Tengu's like, oh, I really want to go on your telescope, though. Uh, okay. I'll tell you what. You can borrow my... You hold on to my coat for safekeeping. And please let me have a go on your magic telescope. Please yeah. let me, Hikoichi. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right, but only for a few seconds. Uh, he's like, all right, okay, you can have a go. So the whoop, and it, he can I he make pops a prediction about what happens? Yeah, I think the Tengu gets the tube, looks through it, goes, "This is just a bamboo tube." Hikuichi says, "Sorry," and then they, he gives him the invisible coat back. Oh, you're so close. That's what I would do. That's what you I would are. Do. So you know what? You're so close. It's like you're ah, half right. Yeah, it was a prank. It's just a tube. Here's your uh, coat back. Um, thank you for a, a lovely evening. Absolutely not. That is not what no, happens. What the, happens. The, the Tengu uh, puts it up to his eyes. Mm-hmm. It's not working. <laughs> puts it up to his other eye. Yeah, maybe it's the eye that was the problem. He's probably, probably using the wrong. This isn't. No, doesn't seem to be working on either eye, though. Turns it round, probably. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, yeah. Looks no, down it's it. just a tube at that end as well. Hold on. Something in this tube. This is just a bamboo tube. It's yeah, something, something in this tube. tube. It's, it's my lost dignity. Yeah. This isn't magic telescope. It's just a piece of bamboo. And he goes, "Where right, Hikoichi? Where are... Oh. oh, he's gone. He's gone. He hasn't. Yeah, he's popped on the old not there duds. Yep, he's gone. Invisible 
trench coat. He's basically, he's hot-tailed it straight down to the pub. Everyone's got, like, bottles of sake on their table, and he just took up one of them and poured himself a cup, and he had a lovely drink, and he found some sardines, and he starts eating them. He's drinking from everyone's bottles, taking a gulp, taking a gulp, and then one of the customers like, wait a minute, my sardines. They've just been turned into some sardine bones now. Presumably with a little sardine head and a sardine tail on the end. Yeah. On his plate. Mm. And then they're like, whoa, this sake bottle's floating around. Get a stick. Uh, let's knock this flying sake bottle down. And Hickowitz realises it maybe needs to be a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. But he's had a decent drink, so he goes home. His mum's out. He's, he's a little bit tipsy. He takes off his kakuremino, the invisible jacket. He's like, all right, okay, I'll hide it at the bottom of this basket. He pops it down in the bottom of this uh, this basket, puts the lid on it, goes to bed, has a lovely, lovely deep sleep. And then his mum comes home and she sees that all her kimonos have been thrown out of the basket. Not happy. She is not happy. And she opens up the basket and inside is this rotten old straw raincoat. Oh, I thought I thought it would be invisible. I think you can see it when it's not on someone because oh, otherwise I see. you never mm. know where you left it. Mm-hmm. She finds it. She's like, this is disgusting. It's made out of straw. These are my prized silk kimonos. She chucks it in the fire. So it was all for nothing. Yeah. And, what did he get and, out of it? So a little bit of sake and a few some pilchards. And Hikoichi is gutted when he wakes mm. up. And not for the first time. Well, I, no way, actually for the first time. And he goes over to the fire, but the, the raincoat has been completely reduced to ash. Mm. He's so upset, he like digs his hands into the ash. <laughs> and as he brings his hands out, his fingers have disappeared. Oh. The ash has still got the magical powers. So what he does, he gets naked oh, and covers you, yeah. himself with ash and he's disappeared. He calls mm. his mum, he says, mum, come in, have a look at this. Mm-hmm. She comes in. Where are you? Don't know why he had to get naked to do that. Well, maybe he didn't want to muck up his clothes. He just didn't want to <laughs> oh, muck his, guess his clothes all dirty. But then, ironically, you wouldn't be able to tell that they were dirty. Because they'd be invisible. It would clearly be preferable to rub the ashes into some piece of clothing and not your naked flesh. But it's easy for me to judge. It is. And I have. That's then a terrible have. idea. So that night, he goes back to the pub. Still invisible. Mm-hmm, but naked Still naked. It's important to remember he's naked it as well. Is. Okay. And there's these two blokes in there. They're already a little bit tipsy. And he's careful to do it when people aren't looking. And he got glug mm. glug, has a little bit mm-hmm. of sake, puts it back down. I don't, I don't think this is a healthy approach to alcohol. You know, it's not. He's not drinking socially, is he? No, he's he's slathering not. himself with magic ashes and then drinking alone. Mm. That's not good. He's with, he's ironic. He's with other people, but he's probably never felt more yeah. alone. Oh no! They're looking right through him. Oh. However, it's not all doom and gloom because uh, these two men. They start, how come this sake's going down a bit quick? If you drink in the sake when I'm not looking, mate. And he's like, no way, mate. You're drinking the sake when I'm not looking, mate. And he's like, no way, mate. You're drinking the sake when I'm not looking. They start to have a fight. And this, unsurprisingly, amuses Hikoichi. He's laughing, but he realises, can't laugh out loud, because mm-hmm. he's going to get hurt. So he's mm-hmm. chuckling away to himself. He's laughing so much, he starts to cry. Oh, And the men... They sort of hear something, they stop their arguing and they look over and they're like, oh no, as it says here, oh my, a ghost of eyeballs. A a ghost of eyeballs? 
And he's like, yeah, you're right. There's just some eyeballs floating in the air. Oh. So obviously the tears have washed the ash from his eyes and now he's just a pair of eyes. The two the two drunk vendors are like, ghost of eyeballs? We can make money off this. Let's catch those eyeballs. <laughs> uh, and we'll be, able, we'll be able to make a fortune. So they go, they chase it's after the eyeballs. It's not clear how. It's not clear what the market for the... You wouldn't pay invisible. money to go see a pair of ghost eyeballs? Well, oh, yes, you've got me, I would. Hold on, I'm just going to register website <laughs> ghostofeyeballs.com so they chase the, the after him very disturbed about the fact that he had rubbed the ash right yeah, into yeah, the crevices yeah. of his eyes which is yeah. horrible to imagine but if you want to get free booze when you and considering he had to rub it into all of his crevices i hope he started at the top and moved down yeah because you can't wash your hands mm. halfway through there'll be no hands washing no so he ran and ran and he he was like whoa that was close he was running it was summer he was sweating Mm. And little by little, Hikowichi became completely visible and stood stark naked among the bushes. As the story finishes here, consequently, Hikowichi stayed in the grove until dark. It was rumoured that Hikowichi suffered a terrible cold accompanied by bouts of sneezing for a few days after that. The end. Oh, so justice was done. He got a mild cold. He got a bit of a cold. Well, let that be a lesson to you. Crime doesn't pay. Old Hikowichi. Young, old, young Hikuichi. Mm. Mm. Extremely low-level crime doesn't pay. Well, it does for a bit. It's fine. It's, it's a good laugh for a yeah. while. I'm, I'm just pleased. I really thought a wee wee was uh, was moving towards that story, and I'm really pleased that, that there was no oh. wee wee involved. Oh, because he'd been drinking the sake he needed. He was to drinking do so it. much sake. He was in the nip. Yeah. And they'd be like, "Oh my God, it's a ghost of a urethra." Yeah. <laughs> People would pay to see that, James. That's true. That's where the money is. So, Alistair, you ready to score me then? I would love to score this Wonderful. tale of a Japanese trickster. Mm, a human trickster, not a trickster a human, spirit. A human, not a trickster a spirit. A human, a histori- an historical figure. Maybe a little bit too human. Mm, yeah. Right. We've all been there. Mm. Um, Very relatable. So, <laughs> first category is names. Oh, well, I mean, I would be impugning the entire nation of Japan if I complained about the names in this story. I can't remember any of them because mm-hmm. I don't speak Japanese and they're unfamiliar to me. There was Hikuichi, there was Tengu. Tengu, we liked, we love Tengu because it sounds a bit like Pingu. So we, we, we all enjoy that. But it's like 10 uh, Pingus. But it's not, I mean, they're not, I would say they're not funny. They're just nice. No, it would be very offensive for us to laugh oh at Japanese Ooh, names. Wouldn't it? We wouldn't do that. It is a little bit funny when you when you try and say it correctly and you do it in a slightly Japanese way. That's kind of funny, but I feel like we're laughing at you rather than at the nation of Japan. All right, I think it is a two out of five for names. Yeah. And, and you talked me down from a three by pointing out that they weren't funny. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair enough. What's Japanese for the number two? Ni. Ni. Ich, ni, san, shi, or sometimes yon, because she is the word for death. <sighs> Fun fact, yep. um, some hotels don't have a fourth floor mm. because it's an unlucky number. Because they're only three stories high. <laughs> Itch, ni, san, she, go. Go. For five. So just so go you have, all the way. You really. have done some research, so, well, you know, fair play. Although quite a lot of people in the chat also knew the answer, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've got, they've got, they've got the internet. <laughs> they've got the old chicka chicka chicka. They've got the old chicka chicka chicka. Mm-hmm. I've, all I've got up is logger website.com. 
That's good. There's another another one. (laughs) (laughs) Loggerwebsite.com is the the one-stop website for logging websites. Is there a website for browsing the internet like Google? Mm. (laughs) But I Mm. want a website that does Google inside the website. Is that a website? Are you doing website-ception? Web-ception? I think so. What I want is, I want an iframe of, of Google inside another website. Anyway, I'm very warm. And you're giving away gold for free. I'm giving away solid gold, which is my idea of google.com.com. Google.google.com. <laughs> that is just Google Com. inside an iframe, but with different borders that you can have do your own thing. I'm, uh, now we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right, so my second category, supernatural. Second category, supernatural. Hmm. Well, obviously the story of the Tengu is is big time supernatural. His latter day scams in later life are, are mm. very unsupernatural. Yeah, they're gritty, realistic. They get, but I don't know about that. They're, they're very sort of the bicycle thieves. So yes, mm. I suppose. Yeah, um, they're a little bit paper moon. So mm. also a film about scams. Ah. And. I think, though, that it, it, they were quite evenly weighted in the in the episode. But mm. I think that the supernaturality of a, a red-faced demon with a giant nose and an invisible coat, yeah, should be given extra weight. I yes. think, yeah. So I think yes. it's a, I think it's a four out of five for supernatural because that final closing story was so supernatural. Ever so. I forget all about the rubbish putting tiles in a box. Why do you need to put anything in the box? Oh, because the guy would have known from the weight. Fair yes. Enough. Yep. Nope. You sorted. It probably blew all the money made on swords on tiles, though. Ultimately, <laughs> um, but we'll we'll come to that on the next category, which is scamboo. Scamboo. Do you want to explain S- that category title? Yes. Scam. Yep. Bamboo. And together they are scamboo. Scamboo. Yes. Scamboo, baby. Scamboo. So we did two scams involving bamboo. There were two major bamboo-based scams, right. and I think it's just the idea of scamage in yeah. general. So it's not specifically just bamboo. It's mm. also well, every one of the stories was a scam, and how many were there? Loads. Loads, easily loads. loads. Uh, top of my head, I'd say there were loads. <laughs> yeah, um, roughly loads. What's the Japanese for loads? I only know a. I know what a little is <laughs> because I know how to say I can speak a little Japanese, and I've never had cause to say. Right, so you don't know the Japanese for I can speak all Japanese. Loads of I, can Jap- speak- I can speak loads of Japanese. <laughs> all right, in that case, my hands are tied. I have no choice but to give you five out of five for Scamboo yes. because the potentially infinite number of scams. Because neither of us can remember anything that's happened before this moment. Also, I just sort of realised that he. The the Hikuichi that we that we met at the start of the story, yeah, I think the reason he thought he could do the fish gut fake out mm-hmm. was because he'd already lived a life where he'd like been interacting with demons and getting invisibility cloaks. Like yeah. a bit of fun with fish guts is nothing. Yeah, yeah. The origin story of Hikuichi was pretty explains a lot about the older man. Uh, you know, it's like the the prequel to Taxi Driver mm-hmm. being never ending story. Like, yeah. Travis Bickle is the kid out of Never Never Ending Story. (laughs) And it was the horse going into the swamp that was... That's the reason he's like that. Uh, uh, The chat is... is, I think... I don't want to use the word furious, but the chat is very unhappy about Scamboo having made it rather than Bamboozled. Oh! Huge support for Bamboozled. Bamboozled. But it's too late now. I have to take your first choice of category. And I've already given you five points for it. And yeah... 
My final category. Final category. Embowelment. 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 That's a bold final move. Because. Yeah, go ahead, please explain. What was Hikuichi after? Apart from emboweling himself, he wanted to get stuff in his guts. Trying to get sake, right? Yes, he wanted to embowel that sake. He was getting rice. He was. He liked sake. sake. He was, which is a sort of form of fermented rice. It's still rice. Yeah, it is basically just rice. So that's two two examples of. I just I just like the name embowelment. Yeah, no, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, and um, I suppose he emboweled himself when he. When he put all the fish guts around his yeah he he over oh, yeah he double emboweled he, he wasn't had... he, he wasn't disemboweled if everything if anything the bowels were he had supernumerary bowels yeah surplus yeah, t- bowelage too many bowels too many bowels too many bowels okay I'm gonna say it's a a three out of five for okay. embowelment because okay. um, because you really did pick it on the fly yeah and uh, I don't think you really thought it through no. No, don't think I did. James, that was a terrific story. That was a really beautiful story. Thank you to the guy who wrote it in that book. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, it is The Folk Legends of Kumamoto by Takumi Tsukamoto. That's uh, a, cra- a late, absolutely from cracking story. 90s. From the late... No, all the way back to the late 1990s. The late 90s, 1998. But thank you very much for joining us, Law Thank folk. you so much. It's been so long since we've done a live stream. It's been great mm. to get back into it, and nothing major seems to have gone wrong. Bye-bye. Good bye. day, everyone. Bye-bye. End bye. the stream. Well, that was the live stream. Uh, you might have noticed that... Uh, I forgot to arrange time for me and Alistair to record the intro and outro. Uh, I blame the fact it's been far too hot. Um, In lieu of that, please accept this clip of me saying sorry. Sorry. Uh, Oh, by the way, the live stream of that episode you just listened to was an hour and a half long. And that was only half an hour. So if you want to see all the extra stuff head on over to youtube.com forward slash lawmen podcast an hour and a half to half an hour you do the maths oh and i am just off to register another domain see ya sorry can i tell you something there's a there's a quote from um god bless you mr rosewater the mm-hmm. Kurt Vonnegut book, which does the rounds on the internet, because it's a good quote where he's sort of asked about his advice for newborn babies, and he says something like, "God damn it, babies, you've got to be kind." You know, his sort of advice for what the way you should live your life. And so, occasionally, you'll see the quote from Kurt Vonnegut: "God damn it, babies, you've got to be kind." Uh, and for some reason, for the entirety of the past week, I've had that phrase, but in Chris Cantrell's voice <laughs> in my head: <laughs> "God damn it, babies." You've got to be kind. Oh yeah, I can because it's as if the babies are uh, are antagonising him. (laughs) God damn it, babies! Babies, gotta be kind. You've got to be kind.